0: And welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy. In this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me, as always, his shield brother Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? I am
1: exhausted. I am recovering from fighting a 540-limbed monster made of cardboard, foam, plastic, and metal.
0: The What's fuck? That?
1: That's a metaphor. I'll leave you with it because I like the
0: image. Yeah, that's a good image. All right, well, we're going to start this episode the same way we start every episode, by thanking the people that make this possible. Those are our wonderful, wonderful patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D., and Stefan R. Martinez. Now, if you'd like to become a patron and help us out, Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash shields. It only costs you 25 cents an episode, and it helps us produce this podcast on a weekly basis. We have a guest today. Go ahead. Yeah, you already chimed in, but
2: guest. Uh, Yep, it's me, Krug, back in for another episode.
0: Good
1: introduction. Anyway, we can tell we're all being very reticent because this is a continuance of a topic that we had uh, difficulty doing the first time around, but people apparently wanted it. So, we're here to talk about serial killers for Bootober. Ooh.
2: Wait, wait yeah. so does that mean we're going to release it later?
0: Bootober's running for two months this year.
2: Ah. Hey, anyway. Does that mean
1: it's Boo-tember? No. Just Bootober. tober Always Bootober.
0: tober
2: right.
0: If Christmas can start in July, then we can start in September. So now that we have, you know, living comments out of the way, yeah, we're back doing uh, serial killers because you sick fucks wanted us to do another one. And Axel was just so excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll let him uh, get us started. Oh, what do you I got gotta, for us? I got to start? All right, fine.
1: I'm going to let you guys know what's going on because I, in my case, I... Uh, I normally like to do a little more research for episodes like this, but I have been getting my ass kicked by it's end of quarter. So I'm working, you know, like 11 hour days consistently. And almost basically the entire time on my feet and constantly exercising. It's like, I'm sweating all day at work. I'm, I'm very tired, I'm very sore. Anyway, My point is that I didn't get a whole lot of time to research. So I went down the list of um, the list I used before to look at uh, serial killers listed by body count. But this time, the thing I was curious about was what is the highest body count killer I could find whose active years include the word present?
0: Oh man, not another one of these ones.
1: So I found a guy named Ali Kaya who, uh, as of right now would be 49 according to the no um 39 yeah 39 and is a turkish serial killer whose nickname is the baby face killer and his body count is 10 which is still a lot i mean it's no doctor death but t- yeah it's 10 people in
0: terms of serial killer numbers that's pretty good
1: yeah now as for what's interesting about him he is in prison currently so don't you know, it's not like the the one I mentioned last time where it was like you know current whereabouts unknown or something like that. I don't remember who that was, but but Ali Kaya is a stabber. Like you look at his uh, his history and he he stabs people. That's what he does.
0: Be so, forward to the point.
1: Yeah, uh, and he started off like pretty early. Um, he according to the the page I found, he started when he was nineteen when he stabbed his uncle to death. So. And he's, you know, been in and out of prison. Uh, at one point, he was released from prison because he was psychiatrically evaluated as having claustrophobia. I don't know how that necessarily correlates.
0: Yeah, roll that back. He got out because he had claustrophobia. Well, it says,
1: and I'm quoting here, I'm looking at the wiki page, so, uh, you know, can you jump on my... You know, down my throat for not being an expert. I'm just giving some information to you guys. But uh, it says he was transferred to a psychiatric hospital from where he was released due to a report attesting him as having claustrophobia. I don't they know. They
0: released what to tell you.
1: him to. It doesn't say two. He just was released, and then and then the next paragraph starts with, "With his freedom, he stabbed three people." God damn it!
2: <laughs> Maybe they
1: got stuck in an elevator with him. Uh different locations it looks like
0: still someone dropped the ball on that one and then because he had been
1: psychiatrically evaluated uh he wasn't detained during his trial so oh and then once he was arrested or er, and in he killed two wardens so actually no wait i'm misreading that he killed them in the street so he just killed two wardens of the prison well i guess what during his trial <laughs> while he was being detained and then uh, it looks like at the end of his trial, he was pl- uh, placed in a psychiatric hospital for a diagnosis of a personality disorder. It doesn't say which one. What, what,
0: Just yeah. throw a dart, I guess.
1: I guess so. But here's here's where things get particularly interesting for me. Uh, while he was in the psychiatric hospital, him and a and another person, whose name is Taifun Syene, who doesn't have a link, so I don't know who that is, but together they repeatedly stabbed their roommate, who uh, was Adhan Kartal, the Beast of Izmir, a rapist and child killer.
0: Okay, listen, Turkey, not, you know, jump down your throat or give you too much shit, but your legal system is kind of goofy. I mean, the guy got out on claustrophobia and stabbed three people, and then you put the two stabby guys together with the serial stabber and child molester. Point is that, uh... (laughs) Like, Ali, Ali
1: Kayas killed the child killer, so I don't know. I just I thought that was interesting. So, and uh, apparently, after he killed this guy, is when he got his nickname, the baby face killer. Oh, he's also escaped from prison twice.
0: Well, he just says he's claustrophobic, and they go, Well, we can't keep him, he's claustrophobic. Yeah, no, that's how he gets released.
1: He's escaped twice, once in 2003 and once in 2014. And during the 2014 one, he escaped, apparently, according to this. During visiting hours, by just walking out with a crowd of visitors.
0: Okay, yeah, Turkey, now I'm going to call you on your shit. Get this together. This man stabbed 10 people, and you're just kind of letting him wander around? And how does he keep getting knives to stab people with? Well, what's what's funny to me is when they found
1: him after the 2014 escape, he was found with a handgun, so I guess he was changing up his MO, and a death list of 10 people... (laughs)
0: Also, Babyface Killer, that's a terrible name. It implies he's clean-shaven. He just likes to stab people. There's a lot of stabbing names
1: to go with. This is the first time he was found with a death list, too. After his 2003 escape, he was found with a different death list, and when he was being interrogated about it, he said that he would, and I quote, "...confront his enemies and the sinners." And that he was not successful so far, but he would cleanse the society of bad people. Um, Oh, that's like the beginning of
0: of a really bad Oscar-themed superhero movie.
1: Yeah, all this information is available in this pretty short wiki page. I admit I'm just phoning it in by reading off of this. But, I mean, can I do better than that? That sounds like that's why this guy's interesting to me because... Oh, he killed a child killer. He's got he's got active death lists he keeps. He's one of those – he feels like a movie villain when he's like, I'm going to cleanse society of bad people. And
0: Yeah, I don't know. He, but he's going to get himself a big-budget Hollywood movie. Maybe played by Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: He could do it. Jake Gyllenhaal can
2: do anything.
0: Well, I'm just, you know, you got to get the Middle Eastern thing, and Jake Gyllenhaal's Hollywood's go-to for that. Do you ever feel like I'm there's, like, certain actors?
2: That? Certain actors can, like, play any role – but somehow they just like they act the same way no matter what movie they're in, and it just happens to fit like a whole section of you know movie.
1: Well, that's that applies to something more like I don't know, like Jason Statham or something like that, like where they've got a very specific kind of thing they do that applies to different situations. Gyllenhaal though is the guy is a fucking chameleon. He disappears into his roles.
0: I was gonna say you know that was kind of the '80s. They just you know found these giant mountains of muscle and then wrote movies around them. Or contemporary Bruce Willis. Yeah, pretty much. The less on the good part just kind of, you know, doesn't ever change. So, uh, yeah, it's McStaberson. What the fuck is up and, with Turkey? And this guy just being able to escape and go about his...
1: Well, it does seem like, based on what I'm reading, that he is definitely mentally ill. Apparently he was first diagnosed with a mental problem pretty young, but it doesn't look like they actually had a, uh, like a name for what it was. Has there ever been a sane online. serial killer though? I mean, I suppose that I mean define sane. I mean, Ted Bundy like, was so charismatic and normal seeming in his trials that a lot of people thought he didn't do it just because of that.
0: Oh, uh, he's also most definitely a sociopath. That is true, but I'm just saying like what and are we Therefore to say outside. Here? Sociopaths are not sane people. It's a mental I would... disorder.
1: I... Uh, I would say that's not the same thing. Sanity versus insanity is basically a perception of reality. What's going on. Yeah. So and I was real. He perceives reality just fine. <laughs> he just doesn't
0: care. Yeah. And I was realizing we kind of start going down a very dangerous path and we start, you know, linking mental illness to violence and we got enough of that going. So I'm just going to, you know, end with Turkey. Get your shit together. All right. not
2: going to Turkey off the list of places to go. No, not happening.
0: Does he have a particular knife he prefers to stab with? Or is it just whatever he finds on the street? Well, like I said, most recently when he was captured, he was captured
1: with a handgun. So maybe he's changing his, uh, what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he's going full supervillain with his speech and his death list. And he just realized, that's just almost morbidly comical in a way. And by that, I mean, he just keeps escaping through these cartoonish uh, escapes. Just... Walks out with the crowd. Anyway, sorry, well, this is gonna bug me for a while. This is just so <laughs> weird. Why don't you
1: go look up more about him? I'm sure there's more. Oh, I'm going to. A...
0: It just kind you know it sticks with me with how weird it is.
1: Yeah, Ali Kaya, A L I K A Y A. Very simple, Ali Kaya.
2: I mean, maybe it's like Assassin's Creed. You know, you just like hold your hands together and nobody sees you. You know. Just...
0: Oh my, that's, God, how that's how exactly what he did. He pulled an Assassin's Creed and he stabs people. Why don't
1: we move on to whatever one of your guys is? All
0: right, I'll go ahead and take it. I went with my first choice from last year, which I didn't do because I thought it was too obvious. But you know what? Decided with uh, recent news and revelations, this would be a fun one. I'm going with Jack the Ripper. I'm not even going to ask if anybody knows who that is because everyone knows who Jack the Ripper is. Well, yeah, because Define knows everyone
1: knows of jack the ripper no one knows who was jack the ripper which is part of what's interesting
0: oh there are several authors out there that will tell you they know who jack the ripper is no one is. I'll knows back to they that.
1: think but uh, yeah
0: and yeah you hit the nail on the head that's why jack the ripper is so interesting is because no matter what we do we're never really going to have definitive proof because one the police keeping at the time was so atrocious Two, it was a long-ass time ago. And three, I don't think that the historians will ever decide because that means they have to let go of some of their theories they've been holding on to forever. So it's an interesting case.
1: I do know that Jack, Jack the Ripper actually had... I, I just looked up the exact number here, but he only had five actual victims. I mean, considering he's the most well-known serial killer probably in Western history, it's surprising that his actual victim count was so low. When you compare that to like H.H. Holmes and his fucking murder castle, which I admit there are some historians who actually think H.H. H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper during this like interesting stint of time where he happened to be in Europe. But eh, if he. Anyway, my point is I just think that's interesting, you know?
0: Yeah. And I'll address the H.H. H. Holmes things at the end because I have words on that one. But no, he does have five accepted victims. There are some that claim there are 11 but they are not agreed upon because they don't fit his very distinct M.O., which was slit throats, facial disfigurement, and removal of organs, namely the uterus.
1: Which is where he gets the Ripper, man.
0: Yeah, it wasn't
1: just killing, he mutilated them.
0: Yeah. So he's—we're going to run through this just in case you've never heard of Jack the Ripper— And I'm sorry this is your first introduction. It's going to be a bit slapdash. But guess what? There is so much information out there. After this, you can spend days trying to figure out your own theories. Maybe make a pin board, figure out who it is, run some DNA evidence. Who knows? You might find out. He was.
2: Uh, Let me intercept. Ulrich, did you you ever go to uh, London when you went on your trip?
0: I was in London. I wasn't there long enough to go to the Whitechapel District, which I really would have wanted to
2: here's my intervention here is my significant other did get to go to London and she went on the tour for Jack the Ripper and she said that it's actually not that interesting and it's basically just a plaque that sits there and they're like hey this is where that person got murdered and it's just like a wall in an alley and that's like pretty much it so you probably didn't miss too much
0: Jack the Ripper was active in the Whitechapel District in London from 1888 to 1891. Uh, He does have five canonical victims, and that's kind of part of the mystery. What happened to him? Why did he stop murdering people? Was he caught? Did he die? Did he leave the country? And again, Jack the Ripper is fascinating not only because he was brutal in a sense that they hadn't really seen at this time but also because he comes so suddenly and then disappears and nobody knows why so his first victim is Mary Ann Nichols and this is probably the well second most tame her throat was severed by two cuts and the lower part of her abdomen was partially ripped open by a deep jagged wound and several incisions the abdomen were caused by the same knife so he has this distinct style, you know, you see it, he's slit in the throat, he's going for the organs, but nothing really gruesome. And She's discovered, and at first it's assumed that, oh, you know, this was just a bit of gang violence, because the Whitechapel District in London was New York's equivalent of the Five Points. Poverty ridden, dirty, and full of murder and rape. Oh. Also, you know, she was a prostitute, and I, sadly that they had about the same standing in society that they do today. If they die the police just went, oh, well, you know, that's the cost of doing business.
2: I mean, definitely, like, London's known in the past for just kind of, like, washing stuff under the rug. I mean, they can't oh. have, like, too much fluctuation of anything. I mean, they kind of live on an island.
0: Well, London at this time is fascinating because they are getting just flooded with immigrants from all over the world, from Ireland and, you know, the Eastern Europe and Germany and all parts of that, which, again, kind of ties in to... Uh, The mythos of the Ripper is he could have been some crazed immigrant who murdered a bunch of people in his home country before, you know, moving to London. Now, my personal unprofessional opinion is this guy started here just because of how you kind of watch the five canonical murders how his style starts and evolves and kind of forms its own general continuation throughout which serial killers typically once they find their way of doing it they stick to it and they refine it to a very gruesome science so to say so the next victim is annie chapman now her body was discovered early in the morning near a doorway in the backyard of some you know down street uh, side street similarly to marianne nichols The throat had been severed by two cuts and the abdomen was slashed entirely open. Now, this is when they discovered that the uterus had been removed and this is when they started going, all right, this is kind of weird. Something bad's happening. Because they didn't have a concept of the serial killers and this is two similar murders and that's weird. And they started trying to speculate what's going on, who's doing this, why are they doing it? And then we get to the third victim, Elizabeth Stride. Now, this is one that's debated if she's actually a Ripper victim. Because she was discovered that night at about 1 a.m., but all that had happened to her was one cut across the throat and a bit of stabbing, but no mutilation that marked what was considered a Ripper victim. Now, the reason most people consider her part of the Canonical Five was there are reports that earlier on that night constable had came across someone standing over the body and frightened them off so it's believed that he had been interrupted and this leads to the second victim of that night katherine eddowes now she was found you know almost half an hour later now the throat was severed almost down to the spinal cord and her abdomen was ripped open just frenetic carving her kidney her uterus lower intestines. All of it had been removed, and we'll circle back to that because that kind of ties in to another interesting fact. And then this is, again, where a lot of Ripperologists, which are historians who study Jack the Ripper, kind of come and play. There was some graffiti written in uh, Hebrew above the wall where she was found. Now, the police chief had it removed, believing it would cause a race riot in the ghettos because there was already a lot of suspicion that the Ripper was a Jewish immigrant because, well... The way this guy was operating, he knew anatomy. So they figured he had to be a doctor. And let's be honest, any excuse for Central Europeans to hate on the Jews, they're going to take it.
2: I I was just saying that it seems like uh, Europe has a history of kind of shunning on the Jews.
0: Yeah, that's uh, another topic that we are not qualified for. (laughs) So, yeah, this was the murder that kind of pushed things over to the boiling point. For the police and the people of london because now they had had four murders this last murder was incredibly violent and the police weren't doing anything to stop this and this is where the infamous from hell letter comes from have either of you ever heard of wait this? wait
1: hold on from hell was only like the third of the particularly interesting letters because i know i was just recently reading about this one um because there were hundreds of Letters that were attributed to Jector, but only three of them are considered to be like prominent. And from hell is the yes. third of them,
0: yes. But this is well, there's a bunch of letters, but the from hell letter kind of ties to this one because the from hell letter is included with a piece of kidney.
1: I can't remember what the second one was called, but I know that, um, the uh, dear boss, yes, yeah. like now, the first one, and that was the one that where he claimed he was gonna chop off someone's ears and then like, um that that person that he claimed was found with like their ear partially cut off yes, so that's the why it's considered,
0: dear like, boss the one well there's three the dear boss one is significant one for the mutilation and two it referred to the writer as jack which is where we get jack the ripper the and so that one's relevant the from hell one is relevant because it ends with the line you know from hell referring to the neighborhood is from hell or whatever the is, and it included half a kidney the other half claiming to have been eaten by the writer and this is significant because the left kidney was missing from uh, Catherine eddowes oh jeez. yeah this again so this kind of these two tie together because a lot of historians assume that he was angry about being interrupted so he went full gusto on poor Catherine eddowes and did some real nasty stuff. and yeah. then As if it wasn't bad enough, Mary Jane Keller, the final victim, was mutilated and disemboweled in her bed to such a degree that they weren't sure it was even her. Again, cut down, her throat was cut to such a severity that it was down to the spine, her abdomen was almost emptied of all its organs, and her heart had been taken. This
2: seems kind of uh, overkill.
0: Yeah, this is the real one, and her face, again, the reason there's can more or less believe it's her, but there are some conspiracies out there, which again, I'll touch on later that this wasn't her because the face was just slashed to ribbons. But this, I have seen the crime scene photos. This was a gnarly one. And I feel real bad for the medical examiners at the time, because unless you're a battlefield surgeon, you're not seeing this level of carnage and brutality in your day to day life as a medical you know examiner at the time.
2: Do you think maybe he had some kind of personal connection with the victim that may have like influenced his uh, severity?
0: I don't think so. I think he targeted prostitutes for the sole reason that you would target prostitutes if you were a serial killer today, in that they work on the streets, they work alone, and if they go missing, people don't care as much as they should.
2: I mean, obviously it seems to be a theme, simply because it's, a, I suppose, an easy target. Yeah,
0: but they're definitely the thing, he was targeting women... There are some people that theorize he did have a personal connection in regards to prostitution, maybe his mother was a prostitute, maybe his wife was a prostitute, maybe Jack the Ripper was actually a woman and she was a prostitute. There's a lot of crazy theories because so, over 3
1: very simply put, the page list of Jack the Ripper suspects has 29 names on it. Is there any one in particular
0: that speaks to you or There is a couple but the problem I kind of ran into is I've, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jack the Ripper, story. I don't I've always been interested in it. I almost briefly considered becoming a Ripperologist, which is a historian who is dedicated solely to figuring out who Jack the Ripper was, but I don't like narrowing my scope that much. After reading through all the possible suspects and their motives and their reasonings for and against, I couldn't find one that felt right to me. Because there's a lot. There were There's like 300 suspects ranging from plausible to could not possibly have done it at all, including the royal family.
1: Well, apparently some people have proposed that Lewis Carroll, the frickin' author of Alice in Wonderland, was Jack Ripper, which is ludicrous. And any real historian doesn't put any yeah. stuff in it. But the point is, throw a, a dark at a list of a prominent person from that period of time and someone's accused them of being Jack the Ripper.
0: Yeah, and that was exactly why Lewis Carroll got drug in well, that and other
1: reasons, which I'm going to let you go. Yeah, but like uh, I'm seeing in this list Prince Albert Victor, Duke of Clarence in Avondale. Yep, that's a particularly crazy theory. I don't know. There's something about the idea of royalty being a, I mean, a thing that how it gets away with it. I don't know. I could see the appeal of the, the the hypothesis. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Which is why I asked which one stood out to you.
0: I've got a couple that I want to discuss. Not because I believe them, but because they are popular and because well, we already brought up HH Holmes. I unequivocally do not believe it's HH Holmes. Because we talked about I talked about HH Holmes last year. And well, the main Holmes, thing is
1: that Holmes's methodology is completely different. Like, yes, and his no motive is there. different.
0: Holmes was basically doing it to sell the bodies. Okay. The Ripper, uh, to be to
1: argue though, we cannot determine the Ripper's motive. It no, impossible. It's nothing but conjecture.
0: <laughs> but he's not he's not selling the bodies. That was uh, Holmes' whole thing was selling the bodies for parts. This was violent nightmare fueled. I don't even have a word for how to describe what he did. But it's not in line with Holmes, who was very clinical about how he went about it.
1: Plus, you know, Holmes designed a murder mansion, whereas Ripper killed people in alleys and whatnot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The other one I want to talk about is Aaron Kosminski, who came to prominence recently because a DNA test... Tied him to the murder.
1: What DNA test? The lack of forensic evidence is one of the biggest problems in the Holmes, like, or sorry, Holmes, in the Ripper case. And considering that basically all the bits of evidence from then existed at a time when they were handled so much that, like,
0: what, what are they comparing? So, this comes under a lot of scrutiny and deservedly so. The basis of the evidence was a shawl that belonged to Miss Eddowes that was found with blood and semen on it. They then took samples from said shawl and tracked down descendants of Mr. Kosminski and found that there were uh, matching segments of DNA. Now, where this falls apart is numerous. One, the person that published the study did not have it peer-reviewed and has been largely discredited by other riparologists, Two, there is a lot of suspicion on where the shawl actually came from, and as Axel pointed out, chain of evidence. And three, do you know there are three Kozminskis that are listed in Ripper uh, suspects?
1: I didn't know that. I do see this reference to the shawl thing you're talking about, which was in 2014. Was this test and uh, has been dismissed as unreliable by some experts. So,
0: yeah, and the big thing, like I found out, is. There was an Aaron Kosminski who was accused of the Ripper victim. He was a Polish barber who immigrated to the Whitechapel district in London. He was mentally ill, but the problem was there were several other Kaminskis also arrested at this time. So how do they know which Kaminski is supposedly they're trying to track down and which DNA evidence is supposed to be matched to? And it just, it really kind of falls apart for me there plus the unreliability of DNA evidence, even in contemporary terms, but you're going back a couple hundred years, I don't buy it.
2: I mean, the cool thing that, like, you could lead to that, though, is that it seems more likely that it could be someone who moved into the area, because otherwise you would think you might see some kind of signs prior to that event, because it's pretty common that it starts from a young age and then works its way up. Also, the most...
1: Also, that study or that entire test, there was a peer reviewed study of it published this year, 2019, uh, in the Journal of Forensic Sciences, where, and this is basically nonsense to me, even though I consider myself somewhat red. But uh, the the study conducted at Liverpool John Morse University and the University of Leeds found that the DNA segments obtained from the shawl differed at two points from the mitochondrial DNA sequence of a living matrilineal relation of Aaron Kosminski. I don't know how much two points matters when it's, you know, such so long ago, but maybe go read that study. It's pretty recent.
0: Yeah, and that's the one that kind of got the headlines and kind of inspired me to do Jack the Ripper for this episode was everyone's going we finally solved jack the ripper we finally solved jack the ripper i'm like all right cool and i read the article and you didn't solve jack the ripper you just have somewhat better evidence than everybody else i mean i'd imagine two points
1: sounds like not a lot and the idea that all right if you've got the shawl that belonged to them or belonged to this this victim and it is almost certainly has that family's dna on it that certainly narrows the question, right? But even that, like, one of the things I'm finding here is that a lot of people say that Aaron Kaminsky doesn't make sense because he was incarcerated, uh, you know, in a mental institution for a long time, and he never said or anything about it, which you'd be like, well, why would he? Why would he implicate himself? Because he had, like, serious mental issues, including the kind that I don't uh, – I saw this a second ago, but they were saying that like, because of the kind of paranoia and hallucinations that kominski had, the fact that like he wouldn't brag or, you know, rant about it is very unlikely. I don't know how, what that means. I'm not a mental health expert, but it seems like a pretty interesting point to me.
0: Yeah. And ultimately the big one against him for me is he was a barber and I, I am of the opinion that Jack the Ripper was a surgeon. That his knowledge of anatomy was better than your average butcher or surgeon or tradesman, which is the proposed theory at the time, because they didn't want to implicate anyone from the upper cl- uh, class society or being of well to do. It had to be a dirty immigrant or a poor person. No rich person would ever stoop to such barbarity. What? What? Period of time exactly was Jack the Ripper again 1888 to 1891. I just the way you
1: said that made me think because barbers used to be surgeons, yes, that is a thing. I agree, but but uh, what I can tell that basically kind of went out of vogue in the 1800s. Although, I without certain researching better, I can't pin down an exact date, so uh, that argument. Is iffy, but...
0: Well, do you know what war had happened previously to the Ripper Mar-
1: uh, You said late 1800s, right? 1890s? Yes. Uh, a war right before the 1890s? Not offhand, no.
0: The Crimean, in which Great Britain went to war with the Russian Empire for control of the Crimean Ocean. Do you know it was developed, you know, during that time? And made a valuable... Sc- what? Field amputation. Being able to quickly chop off a limb, keep calm under pressure, a skill you would almost certainly have to require if you are gutting people in the streets and could be discovered at any moment.
1: So it means you think he was military.
0: Yes. So maybe potential PTSD, maybe he, you know, getting to operate on people triggered his insanity, I don't know what, but I do stand by the belief that he had some degree of medical skill. Because I mean, right. the, last, well, the last two, where he's removing whole organs, and he knew where the organs were to remove them, I don't know. That just, I don't buy the barber-surgeon theory, or the butcher theory. Do
2: you ever think this episode was just so Ulrich could go off about his interest in Jack the Ripper?
0: It totally was. Or, All it's right. a fun side effect. People wanted to listen to it, I wanted to talk about Jack the Ripper, the two came together. Okay-day. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say on Jack the Ripper, and I really would be interested if people did have their own personal theories they wanted to put out there and tell us about. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to the Royals at the very end of the episode. Okay, Craig, who do you have to talk about?
2: Uh, okay, so um, I've re- recently been diving into all the uh, murder TV shows and movies and documentaries that have been going through Netflix. So I was fairly prepared for this one. But I think the hardest part is, like, picking one because it's, like, a lot to talk about. Anyway, um, I went with Ed Kemper because, I don't know, I just feel like he's really fucked up. So it would make a good good character to talk about. So do you guys know who Ed Kemper was and what he did, anything about?
0: The name sounds familiar, but that's it. I had not heard of him before.
2: All right, so um, he's known as the Coed Killer is his uh, killer name, um, and his big thing was that he had a very high IQ. So he was set into a point where before they were able to classify serial killers into any kind of criteria, um, he was one of the leading standpoints for the development of the behavioral analysis team in the FBI. Fuck,
1: he looks like a friend of mine. (laughs)
2: This This ends with,
0: he was never found. We're going to have to make sure Axel's okay after this recording.
2: Luckily, um, I know he was caught before I even go into it was because uh, where his big influence was, was the fact that um, after he was caught, one, he turned himself in, and two, uh, the FBI used him as a study case when they were developing their uh, uh, criteria for uh, dictating the different things that the serial killers meet. Um, and according, by the way,
1: to, to specify that high AQ is 145. Also, he was six foot nine. Jesus Christ!
2: Yeah, so um, we'll go into that a little bit. So, yeah, he was obviously huge, he was extremely smart, and he uh, had some serious issues. So, um, through their interviews, they were able to find that he said he had a seriously disturbed childhood. He had an abusive mother. He had abusive females in his life regularly. He murdered a series of women, all in horrifying ways, including his own mother and his uh, her best friend. So he literally killed just women and had a serious issue with uh, females in general.
0: I'm going to regret asking this. What was his M.O.?
2: So he would initially, before he killed his, fam- his mother... He would go and pick up hitchhikers. He would then uh, strangle them to death. And then he would take them home, cut off their heads, and then have sex with the head.
0: Oh, that's why I've heard of this guy.
2: Yeah, so Rio fucked up. Um, basically, he wanted to use it to humiliate um, that it, basically females in the way that he felt humiliated. Uh, sexual rejection and just things of that sort. Uh, so his big thing was really just trying to get back at him. Uh, he also killed his grandmother, um, on top of that. And he just was absolutely just vindictive at the time. But what's interesting is, is because of his really high IQ, he was basically able to avoid the cops or any kind of, um, you know, people discovering him. And once basically the trail went dead, that's when he decided to turn himself in because he felt like, you know, he accomplished what he meant to accomplish. And at this point he wasn't going to gain anything else from it. That's he was terrible. also,
1: at his, at his uh, trial, he was found guilty and sane. Like That's a key part of the, that they found that he was perfectly sane. He just chose to do these things. And he personally requested the death penalty, except that that was not legal in California. So instead he has, he currently is serving eight concurrent life sentences.
0: There you go, man. We found the uh, sane serial killer. He was just a super star, uh, smart giant with really bad motherish
2: Yeah, so it also says um, when he was under truth serum, he relayed that he also engaged in cannibalism. And-
1: key, key asterisk here, there's no such thing as truth serum, but there is basically drugs that will uh, make you more malleable and receptive to questioning. But just... Anyway, sorry, continue.
2: Anyway... Uh, he stated that he sliced flesh from the legs of his victims, then cooked and consumed them in a casserole. So he made them into a casserole.
0: Are we sure this dude's actually sane? I didn't say he was
1: sane. I'm saying that a juror, or that a, a trial found him sane. Take that what you will.
0: Yeah, well, the Turkish jail let a guy out for being claustrophobic. Yeah, so. This was the state's. I'm not um, saying the two aren't linked. I mean, you can't have... Just,
2: Jesus Christ! Um, it does say that it, during his imprisonment, some uh, the California Youth Authority and the social workers of the area strongly disagree with the court's psychiatric diagnosis. And uh, he showed no flight of ideas, no interference with thought, and no expression of delusions or hallucinations, and no evidence of bizarre thinking. That was the reason why the court dictated that he wasn't sane, insane was because it seemed as though he seemed of proper mental health, no signs of schizophrenia or no, any kind of I'm mental not, disability. I'm Holy not fuck. You. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Hold on here. I'm just – The guy basically runs the prisons he's in. I'm reading the story about – So he was incarcerated in the same prison block as Herbert Mullen and Charles Manson, and it says that – he particularly disliked Mullen, who committed murders at the same time and in the same area as Kemper. He described Mullen as just a cold-blooded killer, killing everybody he saw for no good reason. Uh, according to Kemper, Mullen had a bad habit of singing and bothering people when somebody tried to watch TV, so I threw water on him to shut up. Then when he was a good boy, I'd give him peanuts. Herbie liked peanuts. That was effective because pretty soon he asked permission to sing. That's called behavior modification treatment, end quote. End quote.
2: Well, yeah, obviously that's a play on how high his IQ is, and when you mix really high IQ with his, you know, massive size, I mean, nobody's fucking with this guy. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, if you look at um, Charles Manson, I mean, he was like not very tall. I don't, I don't think he was taller than like five six. It's like he's pretty short. We and put yeah, this he's guy next
0: he's to Manson.
1: Yeah, he's considered a model prisoner who actually helps with scheduling other inmates' appointments and whatnot.
0: Okay, this feels like this was a government super soldier project that went horribly, horribly wrong. Like, you know how you read the where they forgot to put in a soul and they thought, oh, what's the difference? This is the difference. He's
1: also declined several times parole hearings at all, stating that he's happy in prison.
0: Yeah, this is a supervillain. We've they that someone created a supervillain in the lab, and this is what happened. I mean there's some tricky. In fact, to be in done, fact here,
1: the exact quote when he first denied Uh, or no, not first, when he denied parole in 1988, this was the fourth time he denied parole, he is quoted as saying, quote, society is not ready in any shape or form for me. I can't fault them for that. End quote.
0: Supervillain. Yeah, this guy's like the red fucking skull. Considering what he does to skulls, that makes it even worse. Yeah, this guy is scary as hell to read about. He's
1: crazy. He seems so intelligent, so like wow. Like the, most of the time, when you hear these like you know quotes, and you know, like we mentioned with Ali Kaya, he comes off as well insane, who believes he's you know ending bad people from society and cleansing the filth. It's like, well, you're obviously you know out of it, but this guy Kemper, seems like he's fully aware of who he is, what how he fits in the world, and it, he just manipulates it. Oh my, jeez.
2: and he's yeah, so- a giant. The reason why he's so interesting to the FBI is because he's like the the perfect case of what you'd want to look for to identify a serial killer at a young age. Um, So when they talk about his young early life, because he's very open to talking to people, especially the FBI, um, they got a lot of information from him. And it says that when he was a young child, he had a dark fantasy life and he would steal his younger sister's dolls and then would remove their heads and hands. And on one occasion would uh, tease him and tried saying that he would try not to kiss his teacher. So essentially he would just like between his teachers and his sisters who are all basically like making his life harder. He was taking it out on the dolls of the school, like the ones at school and the ones of his sisters like cutting off and their then, heads and hands.
1: Well, so you mentioned how he's very open about talking to people according to this when asked about that, he said that quote, There's somebody out there that is watching this and hasn't done that, hasn't killed people and wants to, and rages inside and struggles with that feeling, or is so sure they have it under control. They need to talk to somebody about it. Trust somebody enough to sit down and talk about something that isn't a crime. Thinking that way isn't a crime. Doing it isn't just a crime. It's a horrible thing. It doesn't know when to quit, and it can't be stopped easily once it starts. So, like, according to him... He's so open to talk about this because he wants to be a reason why a other potential killer doesn't become one.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can see that like, obviously his whole life was leading up to it. Um, And so his first murder, I was going to talk about that when he was 15, uh, he was spending time with his grandparents um, and he was sitting at the kitchen table and got an argument with his grandmother. He stormed off, retrieved a rifle, shot his grandmother three times, And then when the grandfather came home from the store, shot him in the head. And then immediately after called his mother, not knowing what to do. So obviously there is some kind of lead up. And to be clear, he didn't commit the rest of these murders. Like, you know, obviously he did this and then got away with it. um, Because basically the court decided that because he was 15, he was incomprehensible of committing such a crime and that they couldn't be held against him. For uh, the fact that he was so young. And they diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And then they sent him to a state hospital. But obviously he got released at a later date.
0: And we kept this guy next to Manson. Yeah, apparently. So,
2: but, uh, Like, what if the FBI was like, they say they were interviewing these people, but then they're really getting together like the ultimate suicide squad. All like the most fucked up people they could find, you know?
0: I'm not convinced this guy is not a failed experiment at a super soldier. Six foot nine and 141 IQ.
2: 45.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. This guy is a failed experiment at super soldiers, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. And according to, uh, I won't do the whole
1: quote, but according to his, when asked why he turned himself in, he basically said that it it wasn't serving its any purpose anymore, and that he couldn't handle it. So he just felt the folly of the whole damn thing and called it all off. This is a very self-aware person. Like, he seems way more self-aware than most, you know, not killers.
2: Yeah, I think that's what makes him the most terrifying is just with the combination of his physical and mental capabilities. Like, you know, it makes you wonder how long it would have taken... To catch him or would it would it have ever been you know
0: he would have formed a band of serial killers with which to take over the u.s government
1: all right i'm i'm fully heebie jeebie out
0: that's a good one and on, i
1: think see oric brought up jack the ripper and i still think that krug wins this particular discussion because kemper creep like scares me way more
0: well, Jack the Ripper is long gone and targeted prostitutes, neither of which affect you. This guy is a super genius that could break free at any moment, and you cannot run him because he's a giant.
1: Makes me wonder, this feels like the kind of guy that Hannibal Lecter would have been fucking based off of, I swear.
0: Yeah, this does feel like a Hannibal Lecter.
2: Yeah, terrifying. So, um, yeah, so I got my recommendation when we get around to that now because I've watched of yeah, let's
0: do suggestions of the week and just kind of let that one trail off to the land of nightmares. You know, I,
1: I had several things I wanted to suggest, neither of which I really want associated with this episode, so I'll just say, hey, I watched Toy Story
0: 4. It was pretty good. There you go.
2: Good to know. I haven't seen it yet.
0: Toy Story 4, family fun, and there's no serial killers that we know.
2: There I mean, aren't. I mean, there the is degree, that guy was kind of there
1: is some toy body mutilation but and also creepy ass uh ventriloquist dummies but uh that's
0: that's about it i think that's uh small potatoes compared to what we just talked about
2: yeah anyway, Greg, what do you got all right so if you want to know more about serial killers and you have the time to sit down there's a tv show it's called Mindhunters, hunters they just released season two and it's all about the FBI and their uh, investigations with serial killers. They And basically it replicates the kind of interviews they'd have, the kind of questions they go through, and some of the hoops they had to go through. So it's a really interesting TV show, especially if you're into the history of serial killers. And it's pretty well done. Um, so, yeah, Netflix, both scenes are up. Go watch it if you're interested. All
0: right. Well, I'm going to kind of keep us on point, and I'm going to suggest the 2001 movie From Hell based on a combination of the Alan Moore comic book and the Jack the Ripper murders. It's basically all about the Jack the Ripper murders and Detective Johnny Depp's attempts to solve it. And this is back when Johnny Depp's crazy and talent scale actually balanced out. Um, It's more or less an accurate retelling of the murders in that they happened more or less in the order they did in actual history and the method. Um, Johnny Depp is a psychic who uses opium to have visions to solve his crimes. Ugh. Yeah. So that was one. And it is... I don't know if I want to spoil it, but this is a really old movie. So if you want to see it, maybe just tune out here. Uh, The movie goes with the uh royal family were actually the killers. Uh, theory. So All right, s- settle in. The theory goes that the prince contracted an STD from one of the prostitutes and the royal family sent their personal physician out to individually kill each of the prostitutes, but it gets better. Because of his ties to the Masons, they covered it up. Now, that is the actual theory. The movie takes that, switches STDs for babies, and goes way into Mystic with the Masons and what the Masons actually do. Cooks up a pretty fun, if not utterly batshit insane, horror-mystery combo. Alrighty then. Yeah, uh, one thing I will say about it is this movie does try to stride the line between traditional hollywood casting and historical casting because for the prostitute women that are cast for prostitutes they look like they could be middle-aged you know women of the night but the main one is hollywood pretty and sticks out like a sore thumb you know there's no way you've lived on the streets as a prostitute your whole life kindly get the fuck out that aside it's a good movie all right then all right well thank you for listening be sure to like share subscribe do all the things so that more people can find us and enjoy this show and uh maybe warn them if you're going to suggest this episode in particular yeah and whatever you're watching us on
1: thank you also we are on soundcloud stitcher google play and pocketcast if there's any other platform you want to look into just tell us and we'll look into it
0: as always this has been lord commander Ulrich. Ulrich, you didn't give krug a little chance to cap i know i yeah. was just realizing that well, uh, Krug, thank you for
1: coming on the show. Do you have any final thoughts or any things you want to, I don't know, plug or I don't know.
2: What put I don't on? know your life. You know, I think I'm ready to go to bed. So even though it's 8 o'clock.
1: All right. Well, we'll have you on again probably for some, assuming you want to. So whatever ni- other creepy and or video game related conversation we have.
2: <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to the next time I come on. the show. Okay. All right. Take it from the top.
0: All right, this episode's been a hot mess, but it's okay. As always, this has been Lord Commander... ...and his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable.